Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Peter. I am joined once again by my best good buddy, Josh. Man, how's it going? How are you feeling? Peter, I'm uh, doing good. Man. I'm feeling good today. Awesome. So I we're doing... <laughs> yeah. Hey, we actually... This is our second week in a row we've actually recorded. Oh yeah, <laughs> we're we actually putting content keep it up, up, keep it up, content, yes, uh, growth. So, <laughs> but I'm excited because we agreed. I said we were talked about what we're gonna do, and this kicks off our our eight weeks of horror leading up to Halloween, and we are going to be starting it off today with the Blair Witch Project. So the reason why I picked this film because I felt like it had a lot of interesting aspects not just the film itself but sort of like the outside things like marketing it had a lot of interesting stories it was something that was very different at the time and it definitely sort of spawned this whole new genre of found film movies and i had an interesting i was i was there right i was there ten thousand years ago Gandalf. i was there <laughs> when it's this 3, movie 000, but yes three thousand years ago yeah when when this movie came out right and i remember everything that was surrounding it and it, it as just, was i and it was just a really interesting time and there wasn't any internet like it is today there's no social media social media wasn't a thing this is 1999 when it came out and so it was just a really interesting time interesting film to me and I wanted to go back and, and, you know, and sort of look back on it. And so that's like why we, we picked it. So, so yeah. Where should we start? Very good. Where should we start? Do you want to start about like what it was like for us? What was it like in 1999 when cell phones weren't a thing and landlines? I, well, I don't <laughs> particularly remember because I was a very, a very, very young adult at the time. You're probably 99. What, 10? I didn't, I don't think I saw it in 99. I probably saw it a couple years after, mm. but I do remember the effect that the film had on me uh, psychologically as at that age. Um, yeah. I was definitely in the boat of this is real as fuck. Like I just watched some people <laughs> die on TV. Like that's crazy. But dude, that would like give me fucking nightmares, dude, if I would have yeah, thought that and thought it was real. That kind of reminds me there's this thing on Fox about like it was like alien document footage. It was like this old thing was on Fox and I thought it was real as a kid, but like it was so cheesy. My dad like told me the next day, like, dude, that wasn't real. That that and it scared the living shit out of me because I thought it was real aliens. But yeah, that so I think that something that added to the charm of the film and everybody's perception of it being a real film was how it was marketed and even after the movie was out marketing was still happening for it um that furthered the idea that it was real and that like there was no large scale the internet wasn't the what it is now where you can just like mm -hmm. google things about a movie and like all these crazy like oh the 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 steps taken to ensure the Blair Witch looked as real as possible, which were insane things that they did um, for the film. So eat so and ex especially to someone my age at the time who's a lot has a lot less access to the internet than someone would say like an adult or someone who works with the internet every day at that time. So to me, it was very, very real, very visceral for me. I don't know if that was the same thing for you. So the way I discovered this movie, I was a sophomore in high school and I was at my neighbor's, my, my best friend's house. And he had, there was two girls that lived next door that were the same age as us. And we were all hanging out. 
and there was a commercial or a commercial for this documentary that was coming out on FX. And I don't know if you know about the. So the documentary was called The Curse of the Blair Witch. And it was a fake documentary, right? And the girl that I was hanging out with was like, oh my God, this documentary, they're doing a whole movie about this. There was these three filmmakers that went into the woods and they disappeared and they just found them. They're finally going to air it. And and it was like they marketed this as an actual documentary of stuff that actually happened. Now, as we all know, this was all fabricated and all made up. But it's just interesting to me that that information made it all the made it all the way down to her some way or so informed that it was real. And then and then I learned about it through this documentary, which I was trying to find. I wanted to watch before we recorded, but I couldn't find it. Uh, I think it's available on Amazon if you want to rent it. But that came out, and then the movie was coming out. And so, yeah, the way they did, so I was going to wait a little bit, but we can talk about the marketing. So I have a little tidbits about the marketing. I don't know if you have any fun facts, but the way they marketed this film was really interesting because like you said, we didn't have the internet. We could just go look it up and say, is the Blair Witch Project real, right? We just couldn't look that up. There might've been well, we some could, internet. But like at our, at, at our age, at, for the time, it wasn't I mean, something that was regularly occurring. And it, even the marketing was geared towards these actors are fucking dead. Yes, so that's okay. So let's get into that. I'm just saying the internet is not was not nearly robust as it was today, right? It wasn't. Correct. You didn't have as many people on it. It wasn't as fleshed out as it is now, right? So, and that's what sort of actually I think helped out the marketing for this film because they could post up 100%. on the internet and it didn't actually like it was believable. But now you put it on the internet, you know, you can just do a simple search or someone, some sleuths. People are so good at sleuthing these days. They could confirm whether it was real or not. But so some of the, so this, I think it's a good place to start is the marketing. So <laughs> the filmmakers made advertising, advertising efforts to uh, promote these events that the that these events in the film were factual and including they included distribution of flyers at festivals such as Sundance, asking viewers to come forward with any information about missing students. Yeah, Comp- the campaign tactic was that viewers were being told through missing persons posters, and the characters were missing while researching in the woods for the mythical Blair Witch. The IMDb page back then listed the actors as missing, presumed dead in the first year of the film's availability. Yeah, could you and the, imagine? And the, and the directors didn't do anything. And they ensured that the three actors stayed away from the press Yeah, during that time. And Heather Donahue's mother actually received condolence <laughs> correspondence <laughs> Wow, for her, for her daughter's uh, death. That's quote crazy. Quote, unquote, death. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And that, I just found it so interesting that, like, the, the believability that they that they were able to form with this one. That was actually from a um, simple Wikipedia page. If you go look it up, you can find all sorts of like some fun facts from, from the film. And that it just was, they really just built up a lot of hype for this movie. I, I found out by the time I think I read in the newspaper. Yes. Back in the day, we used to get news delivered to our homes, you know, <laughs> but I read in the newspaper that this was a film and it was, you know, it was not real. I don't think they could, I don't know. I'm not sure if they would even be able to, how this would it'd be really interesting like what if this was real like what how would that right, have worked right, out right. like with the government like not allowed to come out or like just really interesting uh sort of the thing but i remember reading i vaguely remember reading an article that saying that this was a movie and it was a work of fiction and that's how i knew when i went to go see it and yeah so, so 
you you don't want to know what's crazy. So I didn't go see it in theaters. I mm-hmm. saw it at, I think I saw it on DVD or something the first time I watched it. And for years, um, the directors and the creators of the film knew. They're, they sat down in their little meeting. Hey, what's our target audience? The gullible. Like, <laughs> because I was just like, whoa! Like, this is real as fuck. Right? Um, and I must have been like, Nine, ten, when the film dropped, and I maybe saw it a few months after it released, when it finally hit DVD, or maybe half a year or something. And so I believed for years that it was real, for literal years, like maybe three, three, four years. And then one day, I was home, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, it's so real. It literally, this is the craziest way to find out. I remember it to this day is I don't remember, but I don't remember what movie it was. So the Blair Witch ended, and it was on um, network TV, so it had, like, commercials and stuff. But um, the Blair Witch had ended, credits rolled, and then the next movie came on, and the next movie, literally within the first few minutes, Joshua Leonard appeared on screen. And I was like, hey, yo, what the fuck? Like... (laughs) And that's how it was exposed to me that they're actors that have been in other works since then. And that's that's how I found out that the film was fake. That's funny. I was su- I was super gullible. Dude, that would have um, fucked think- me up as a kid, honestly. If I really thought I watched a movie where a witch or some weird thing like killed three strangers, like yeah. that would have messed me up as a child, man. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> I think it's part of the reason why actually the Blair Witch Project is the movie that cemented my discomfort with people yelling in agony or in straight panic. Cause like at the end mm. of the film when yeah, yeah. Heather's like yelling for Mike, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that even when I was um when she's yelling for him, it it's just I don't know what it is. It, to this day it makes me uncomfortable. It's I will just say- a discomforting scene. I will say that Heather, who played, she plays Heather. All of Heather, them. Oh yeah, play all with, their names their are the names. same. Right? Heather Donahue, Donahue, who plays Heather Donahue. Her screams were very uncomfortable. Like yeah. something about it. Even like so, like in the movie, there was some shit where like, oh my god, did you hear that? Oh my god, and she's like screaming. Even though I even turned my volume up really loud, and I couldn't hear shit. So I, I guess they were just building it up. Like you know what I mean? Like to just play along with the movie, or yeah. to get to give the viewer something to like be tense about but she would say she'd hear stuff and i turn it all the way up but then she her screams man it just was like something about it maybe i don't know it just made me feel very uncomfortable even in like some of the dumber scenes i'm just like whatever i'm just like oh but her screams this is like it's like yeah. in a scene that may not have been scary and it just still creeped me out because yeah. of her, the way her voice sounded it was just like pretty right. creepy so well done in her part i guess in that aspect but well yeah. i feel like everybody nobody is like in my opinion everybody's behavior and mannerisms to me were believable. And the reason I think that is because of the way the film was shot. So all footage or at least like 95% of all the footage in the film is filmed by the actors. So that's Josh, Mike and Heather. They all are the ones filming it for real. It's funny how filming happened. It was over the course of eight days. Uh, they got $1,000 a day, something like that. But 
basically every day would start off with they would get they had GPS coordinates that would tell them where to walk and they were to film on the way there. And then they would come to like these milk crates that were stashed in the woods. And in the milk crates would be coordinates to the next location and their situation for the day. And then their reactions is all improvised. The whole film is improv, basically. They were giving um, instructions, though, like what, like what to improvise. Like you were in this right, situation, yes, you're feeling yes. this, you know, go. I'm glad keep going. I'm glad you brought this up because I want to talk about this. I thought this was super yeah. interesting. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that were actually he- so the original script was only 35 pages, but it's not even a script. It's more of like a concept, right, of the situation at hand. But the actors are under the impression, like I said, you know, because of the 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 the, the scarcity or uh, of the internet and its information. The, even the actors believed that were made to believe that the Blair Witch is a real thing. She exists. She's out in the woods. We're making a film about her, and uh, you're rolling with it. So the actors didn't know that it was all fictionalized by I, the directors, even during filming. I I don't remember finding anything about that because they were they I, were. I did. Okay, because everything they I were did. told to. They were given individual instructions and the use of to help them like, improvise the actions of each day. And so right. Right. I know. But, one they, of- but they did believe they did believe. So, for example, um, they did believe that what they were filming, like that the woods that they were in were, was like a real like the Blair Witch was real. And they were like, hey, you better get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. They took steps such as not being around them they the 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 tent shaking scene that happens around 45 minutes into the film where they're shaking the tent that's their real reactions they have no idea that it's the directors like shaking the fucking tent because that's who it is yeah it's the directors and then so so, this is actually a funny thing that i i think it's fucking hilarious so when they run out of the tent, their tent is shaking, they unzip it, and they run, right? And Heather pans her camera. They don't show what she's looking at right. in the it's, film. It's dark. But they show, right, they show Mike behind her, and she pans her camera, and she's like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? She's like yelling at the top of her lungs, right, because she's afraid. She was really yelling at something she could not identify, but it's revealed to us now... <laughs> in the 21st century, right, of the internet, that it was director uh, Sanchez, (laughs) one of the directors, Sanchez, he was running with, like, knee-high stockings or knee-high leggings and, like, a stocking on his head just, like, sprinting through the woods alongside them. That's what she was looking at. But she had no idea who it was. She was legitimately terrified. That's really interesting. I didn't find any of that in my sleuthing in in the research. That's... That because yeah, I did find so on that same wiki page they the directors they they just said the directors move the characters uh, a long way during the day and they harass them at night and they actually deprive them of food, but oh, I didn't yeah. realize it wasn't that detailed where they tried to actually make it real. That might be so that might be the reason why those reactions and how they were acting felt pretty real. I think that yeah. was like one of the things about and a, about a lot the of film. there's a. There is a couple of scenes where they're talking about being lost, mm-hmm. where 
it's 100% real in the sense that they were literally lost and they caught it on film. And oh, they, 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 the director said that they chose to use the actors' real names in order to facilitate real reactions. So, like, if something happened for real, i.e. getting lost, and this actor's talking to this actor, they refer to each other as their real by names. their by their yeah. real name because if they use their film name like let's say heather's name was it. like jessica or something right and you're really lost in the woods and they're trying to get that very real behavior caught on camera then josh leonard is not going to call her heather right He's you wouldn't be call able to her use by that. her real name you wouldn't be so use they film. use they use right they use their real names to capitalize on the actor's very real panic it reminds uh, me of, so I don't know if you ever watched the office bloopers, but there's a set of bloopers where they'll say the actual per- actor's name when oh, they're yeah, like yeah, talking. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And that's what makes me think of that when like they're, they're, they know each other so well that they actually call each other by their real names yeah. instead of their character names. Right. What's another thing that I thought that was funny. So like they go to Burkittsville, right? And all of the civilians or townspeople that they interview they're all hired actors, all the townspeople, mm-hmm. but the main protagonists don't know that. They all believe that those people, they were, all, they were all led to believe that those were real people from the town, which is what I'm saying. Like It plays into the actors believing that the Blair Witch story is real. Okay. They use, they use that to solidify this idea yeah. to really dig in the, the fear into the actors so at some point though they had to have learned because right the whole ending of the movie right that was all acted there's right so at some point they had to found out okay i wonder what that would have been like the reveal like okay we've been fucking with you this whole time like right 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 (laughs) so a lot of a a couple things that were that caught my attention like these little things about the behind the scenes right that obviously we didn't know back then so the hair and teeth and tongue. Yes. I yes. think that I don't know if the tongue was real, but it is stated that the teeth and hair, the hair was Josh Leonard's hair. Mm-hmm. It was his real hair. And the teeth in the little wrapping of his shirt um, was real teeth that sent the director had gotten from his dentist. He was like, hey, do you have any teeth? And he was like, hell yeah, brother. And he gave him the fucking <laughs> teeth. And that's what they put in the thing with all with the fake blood and stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> they used KY jelly to simulate that slime that was on Josh Leonard's character's stuff. Which was interesting. Could you see the slime on it? Like I was watching I, it. I didn't know, but it's to get it's to get a when they awake in the morning to their stuff oh, all they, scattered. They didn't, that, they didn't know that, that was right. real. Yeah, right. they, didn't they didn't know, know. that. Yeah, yeah, that's why they said that. So I saw this movie originally in a drive-in, and that was a horrible way to watch this movie in 1999. Oh, I, I believe it. Because of one, the clarity of the film is not great. Obviously, it's terrible. My, my daughter came downstairs and she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, where? She's like, what was this film on a potato? <laughs> Swear <laughs> to God, my daughter yeah. had said that. It was so funny. But even, so it's kind of cool to go back and watch it because the clarity was much better on a high def TV and it was, um, I don't want to say upscale, it was redone, but it's definitely clear now. And I could actually, I paused it on that bloody packet and I could see the hair I could see what looked like teeth, and it looked like, and I guessed it was a tongue. So yeah, I don't know. It was just really, really cool to go back and see those things. Right, and so I, there was a lot of things that were that were very visceral for me. So especially getting the reaction out of the actors. So 
the children laughing when they're in the tent, mm-hmm. that's just a recording on a boombox from uh, Sanchez's, from one of the director's mother's front porch. He had recorded kids playing and laughing, and he had played it over large speakers from a boombox around just the say, tent. Can I just ask something? Why yeah. is it kids laughing and playing scary as fuck? Like, why is that? I right? <laughs> don't know. I think it's because it's like, out of everybody that 100% should not be fucking out here in the middle of fucking nowhere, kids is definitely one of them. I guess, but I mean, just like, why that though? Like, why is it just you? I mean, I swear, if I'm in my room at night watching TV, it's dark, pitch black, and I just hear kids laughing outside, I'd be oh, creeped out. Is- I would yeah, be creeped absolutely. out, but it could be legit. I don't know. I just thought that was really weird. Like it's always a question I always have. I don't know. Maybe we should do research on it. I should go look that up and see if anyone. I, I don't think. I'm I think sorry. I read one time. I don't even know why psychologically, like the things that scare us scare us. But it's weird. Clowns. It's a weird thing to like conceptualize. Sounds, sounds, clowns, um, people with no faces. Why does that? I think it's because the brain is like not used <laughs> to someone not having a face, so automatically it's like. Nope. Danger, Will Robinson. You know, don't so, like that. <laughs> nope. Yeah, don't like that. And so, I mean, even, there's even whispers. I mean, I remember in some of the stuff when you go down the hallway in like in Metal Gear One for PlayStation One. Like, mm, oh yeah, those, yeah, 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 those whispers. Even though I was like, this is a game, I'm completely safe. I was petrified in that hallway like, scene before you yeah. fight uh gray fox before you fight gray fox yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. 100% exactly, you get, exactly what you're talking abs- about <laughs> absolutely horrifying with all the bot the bodies and stuff like yeah. all over the, the bloodstained the wall yeah i know exactly yeah. what you're talking about yeah um right. I didn't so, mean to, yeah the boom box stuff okay sorry i just the kid no, no, and no. also i went rewatch i, re- I remember in the movie because i saw it again the second time on dvd i rented it whatever right but i watched it again and i remember hearing kids laughing and i thought Maybe I just missed it, but I remember kids laughing at some point, and so it's I don't remember during the, one of the scenes in the tent. Yeah, and I just I didn't hear it. I don't know. Maybe I I just missed it. I don't know. I, I was like a little weird out by that. But it go on boombox, kids laughing. So then there was that, and then another thing that they did. So Josh Leonard had been removed from screen. His character is already missing. Uh, him no, him. Real? They'd think that him, he was really disappeared because I would have been fucked up if they thought he was really gone. And I think I can't find anything on whether or not, like, all right, Josh is supposed to be dead now. I don't know if that's a thing or if they, like, really took him in. The, their, their reactions were considered genuine. But maybe not because it's towards the end of the film. Like, when Josh disappears, there's only, like, maybe 20 minutes left yep, in the movie. You're right. Yeah, I remember that. And so... But his him hollering through the wood line throughout the woods, that was all done with uh, strategically paced speakers in the woods, just playing a recording of him yelling. It's not really him yelling oh, in the woods, okay. like in the middle of the fucking night. A couple other things. Oh, I thought this was funny. So the actor, Josh Leonard, was originally supposed to be like, heather's love interest or they were supposed to be each other's love interest and uh it was a real thing in the beginning of the film when heather refers to josh as oh mr punctuality that's a real diss because he was notoriously late to filming or notoriously (sighs) late to set reads or notoriously to table reads everything 
he was always late to. And the directors were so upset with him that they swapped Michael, that character Michael, they swapped his death with Josh being the one that dies. And so he was removed from filming. I mean, he got to go and eat Denny's and eat real food uh, while the other actors had to, you know, suck it up in the woods <laughs> for an extra, like, three days or something like that, however long filming was done. But I thought that was interesting. They're like, you're going to be late all the time. We're going to kill you off instead. But that was not the original plan. That's funny. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You're just tired of working with somebody. Just write them off the script. Like, okay, we're going to change this up. You can't show up right. on time. So, I, so that's awesome. Really interesting. I actually didn't, I didn't know any, a lot of that stuff that you had talked about. One of the things that I thought was interesting, before we actually get into the actual movie, I do want to talk, we're going to talk about the actual movie. But so... After filming, they had so they they said they had twenty hours of raw footage that had to be cut down to two and a half hours, and I was like, for, I, honestly, I think even at an hour and twenty minutes, I think it was the runtime was still too much. But anyways, we'll get into that. And so they they I think, edited, I think they released like an extended or like lost tapes there kind was, of thing on like sci-fi or something. Yeah, like it was that. like FX. I think when they released it, I, I I don't remember specifically how it wasn't that much longer though. But anyways, the editing took eight months for them to kind of cobble this up together and the oh, yeah, first because they had like 21 hours of footage yeah yeah and then they did di- so they screened it for the first time at like small film festivals 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 in order to get feedback and make changes that would ensure that it appealed to like a large audience which was sort of interesting they actually so they like tested it that's how they they screen tested it was at film festivals and they they thought they would just be happy. I mean, they were just hoping they can get it on cable television, and they never anticipated someone to finally purchase this. And I think that happened after the Sundance Sundance film. Oh yeah, and it premiered so, in in uh, yeah. But I thought it was like okay. First of all, this movie is way too long, in my opinion. I just thought that I thought the movie was. Way- I get it. You need to hit that ninety minute mark for whatever reason. I don't know if there's like a motion picture reason it needs to be 90 minutes i mean it, it, it only clocks in at 81 right it's almost 90 all right, right. So, so i'm saying that that's the target for all what movie comes out that's under that's an hour and 10 minutes an hour like it's not yeah common, i guess i guess what i'm right. saying it's I typically right. around 90 minutes so i don't know like why that maybe that's been an interesting like like fun fact to figure out why movies strive for that 90 minute mark but whatever and i was thinking when i read this i was like damn it was two and a half hours long like what the hell so I want to. Do you have anything else? I kind of want to start going into the movie. So we talked about this was like the first movie to go viral, which we we talked about. And okay, we'll talk about the found footage genre. I think after we talk about the movie, and then I have okay. some other questions for you. So yeah, do you have anything else about post production <clears throat> marketing? And any, um, uh, I know facts? that yeah, there were a couple of incidences where uh, fans of the film, even though at the end of the film and the credits it states that this is a fictional work. Um, Fans of the film took to the woods and took to Burkittsville itself and uh, would steal the sign that says, welcome to Burkittsville. It got stolen three times. The production team had to replace it. Eventually it was replaced with a metal sign, which eventually was itself also stolen. Wow. Um, At one point, the mayor of the town, so Burkittsville is only like 180. And at one point, the mayor had a fan misunderstand and think that there was like some kind of tour happening of the, the film, the areas that were filmed. And he was just standing in her living room. Like he let himself into her house. 
He didn't wake her up. She woke herself and he was just standing in her living room like waiting for her. And she was like, what are you Fuck. doing? And he was like, I thought there was a tour. I'm sorry. And he, he promptly left. But there was a lot of there was a huge uptick of people visiting Burkittsville just to like go in the woods and be like, we're here on site. We're the Blair Witch Project. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I thought there was something I read where people were like, I don't want to say that Google review. Like you can Google review police departments and stuff like what happened with making a murderer <laughs> and but i forgot something happened where it just like it sort of like gave burkittsville like this negative connotation because everyone thought it was so real and then people like were shitting on burkittsville or something like that but it was yeah. like because it was so believable that people like burkittsville the town took a hit which was kind of interesting you know like, yeah i mean it's only one scene was filmed in burkittsville which is the scene with the cemetery that's it okay that's the only part of the film that's that's actually filmed in the town so I want, let's get it. Let's talk about the the movie itself, and I want to talk about like I don't know. I don't want to say quality. So the way I look back on this movie, I kind of have a appreci- appreciation for what they did and the length that they went through to make this movie, like the attention to details. As you brought up, even more things that I didn't even know about, which was cool. So that was kind of fun to go back, and I tried to think about that as I was watching this film and I, cause I don't want, I think this movie is one of those, it's an easy target, right? I think Chris Rock famously said that. So the movie cost $60,000 famously cost $60,000 to make. And it brought in a domestic of 140 million and then worldwide, a 248 million, right? So that's insane. That's an insane profit off of a movie. Right. But, Chris Rock at the VMAs said something like, that movie cost 60000 to make? He's like, man, someone's walking around with like 50000 in their pocket or something like that, right? As a joke. And, I, and it has a pretty low score in Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. I think it's sitting at like 55% or something. But I felt like this movie is an easy target because it wasn't a big budget film. It was something done, you know, done creatively and everything else hyped it up. And I think the, did, I don't think it lived up to the hype. And so when I watch this movie, I try to like keep all that in mind and I don't want to bash it per se, right? Because I know the sort of situation, everything that went into making this film. But if you like, like, so you said your wife hadn't seen it. My girlfriend hadn't seen it and she watched it and she was like, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> I was like, you can't, but it's like, you can't think of it that way because it just, it was a different time and whatever. So I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts? What, are, what, are, what were your thoughts going back watching this film? So actually I have a, I, I, completely can understand why someone watching it nowadays Mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. whole found footage being like a whole film category right right with things like cloverfield and things like paranormal activity and things like that being done so well uh, so viscerally that um it's hard to encompass what this film accomplishes with less money with unknown characters just absolutely doing the very least and maximizing the the effect and the profit of it. I mean, at one point, Peter, for the time, soon after its release, even Stephen King, who was in hospital at the time, his son had brought the film or was showing his father like, Dad, let's watch this horror movie. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King was like, turn it off. I'm too scared. Well, that's interesting. Like, Steve, Stephen King was like, hey, fuck this movie, right? That's and really he's interesting. Like, he's like the father of horror. You you know, one of the, that's one of the really, fathers of horror. That's really interesting because you know what makes this movie like good or entertaining in a way is that it leads it up to the viewer to think about it and imagine. Right. It. 
Exactly. And you get someone like Stephen King that's so creative, you know, with his horror. Like, you know, he's like a legend in, in horror writing, right? That's really interesting. I could tell, because at first I'm like, what? Really? I was like, but it, I get it now because he's thinking in his mind all these things in his head, creeping himself out. And that right. was like, and that was something also Jordan Peele would talk about, which I thought was really interesting about horror is like, how many times have you seen a horror film and then they finally reveal the monster and you're kind of like, meh, right? Yeah, once the monster's revealed, then it's game over. Like right. the film is going to go downhill, especially if the monster's revealed in a not very effective way. Like, yeah. uh, like uh, the the another, I think another film that did a really good job was The Offering, which I think it's. I don't like think I've seen that. The Offering I takes seen place that in Switzerland, and the they're like being chased by this ethereal beast. Are they? Is that the one like, when they're in, in the forest as well? Is that yeah, that one? and the. Yeah, and the monster's shown, like, the sacrifice or the offering or something like that, and the monster gets shown, like, in the last, like, eight minutes of the movie. Mm. But you see it throughout the film, but it's, like, hidden in the woods or obscured by bushes or something, and you're left to really guess, like, what the fuck? And then at the end of the movie, they show it, and you're like... And I think that they did a good job, because at the end of the movie with, with... I forget what the name is called, but at the end of the movie, you're like, holy fuck, because it really is a terrifying beast to even conceptualize yeah but going going to this movie they nothing is shown everything is leapt up to the to the uh, viewer's imagination and i think that that's something that goes a very long way especially especially for the time period that it happened in well because what better way if you don't have a budget what better way to save money on a budget by never creating a monster right correct creating a monster you create the monster or you you build yeah. up this idea of a monster and let the viewer decide of a monster, monster or 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 a villainous entity, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I thought that was extremely creative on their part because even now watching the film, I wasn't like super creeped out, but even still thinking about it, I'm like, man, that that is still creepy, like to me, to the yeah. stuff. But like going back to the yeah, Jordan Peele, I think that's why we had talked about Alien and Aliens being so good is because they never fully show the alien. I mean, they show the Queen at the end of Aliens. But in Alien, they never really fully show it throughout most of the movie. And it's dark and creepy. So I think that was like one of the things that drew me to those films. It was like it fucked with your mind and it made you think about it. And that, this movie definitely did that really well. And that was something that I, I think that I think a lot of people don't appreciate. Like everyone wants to see the monster, but it's really hard to do and to keep the 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 viewer engaged in that story and be creeped out still. I think. And so yeah, that was a really uh, interesting way they went about it and i i command the ending it's tough because i look at the movie and i just want to say this movie was like not very good because i think watching it nowadays like not now like presently it really wasn't that good of a movie right like it was too long they fought it was like 45 minutes of them just fucking fighting in the woods which i think you could have have that and would have taken away 20 25 minutes of that time and you still could have i mean it's 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 I think the 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 film is a professionally a professional exposition of the human psyche of immature young people. So for example, like I look at it from the perspective of, you know, being a soldier. Why do you only have one map? Why don't you have somebody that knows how to actually fucking nav? <laughs> land nav? You know what I mean? Like just like and then i mean there were i think they were only in the movie not in actual uh film time i think 
this the movie takes place over the course of like i think like five days six days because they go there on the weekend they're there the whole weekend mike complains about i have to be at work on monday right and then like maybe like three nights after that are shown so like maybe a total of five six days are is what the film's representation of being in the woods is but like i feel like it's just the emotional immaturity is being is being put on display here by these young people i don't think that over the course of that many days especially now people would panic to that degree i don't know but I think obviously that... but then but like i said like you said that can be left up to interpretation as to whether the viewer thinks like oh the witch is doing it to them you know like she's the one imbuing like this psychological terror on them it's not just the idea of being lost but I... if you say if it's a believable because it is it's a i think it's a believable representation of people that are emotionally immature that's an, especially that's especially with how they argue like yeah that's an interesting thing i thought it was a good indication or a good representation of what it would be like if three people were actually in that situation like the build up to them being like okay getting a little bit frustrated a little bit of back and forth you know to them really cursing at each other putting hands on each other you know being fucking dicks to each other like getting lost like that I mean, just me getting lost for 30 minutes in the woods and like, during land nav and when I was in the army, like, was really fucking frustrating for me. So I can only imagine being yeah. out there for two, three days lost with with people being so... So I thought that was an accurate depiction of what it would be like just being lost in, like, a creepy, you know, a creepy environment. So that was one of the things that my takeaways... But I didn't enjoy watching that film, and I don't think it really did a whole lot to... Like, like I said, it was... It, it was well done in that aspect where it was believable, but I felt like it could have, they could have have, they could have taken 20 minutes off of that and still gave us and still the movie could have been probably, I want to say this, the, you just said it still had the same impact. Everything would have been same to the buildup at the end. Maybe not. Maybe that long, boring ass section of them fighting for 40 minutes and getting lost helped. But that was just my takeaway. One of my gripes that I had with the film. So I mean, some of the stuff is was played on the idea that um, they don't know what each other is supposed to be improvising for the day. So, like, yeah, they would have their scripts, but they were under instruction. Don't share your script with Heather. Heather, you don't share mm. your script with Josh. This is the idea for the day. And then they would just roll with it. And then he would know what his situation to portray is. You would know what her situation to portray was. So, like, when Mike is like, I kicked the fucking map into the river. Like, that was them, like, they didn't know that he was going to say that. So their reaction to it is, like, semi-quasi-real. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's what lends to the authenticity of, of the film, or the authenticity feeling that the film is trying to encompass and try to get from the, from the viewer, like, that sensation of, like, oh, my God, I'm, I just watched three people fucking die on screen. Like, I don't know. The, fi the film is just... I'd, I don't have a problem with the film. Obviously, I don't think it stands the test of time. Okay. That's a good off, way to put it. I think that's a good way right, to put it. Based on, specifically based on, like, for example, I had my, we both had our partners watch it today. Oh, and I hadn't seen it. it. Yeah, my yeah. wife's never seen it. Your girlfriend's never seen it. Yep. And both of them were like, yo, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure, I'm certain that if they had seen it around when it had released, they would probably have a different perspective on it. And now understand, because I know and you know the movie is not good. Like, it's like you watch it and you're like, oh my God, nobody. But yeah. like it lends, at the time, 
you have no frame of reference. No film had ever been made like this before. And so, this what, yeah, and so that's why I try to watch it through the lens of appreciation. Appreciation. I can't say that word today. I try to watch it through the lens of appreciation for for whatever reason, and I can still, I can still appreciate that the buildup and the tension that this movie did with you know with so little, you know the way. Just if you watch that movie and think hard, like about like what's going on and stuff, and just pay hard attention to it, I still think the movie is creepy. I still think it can creep you out. The the buildup. I mean, yeah, you're gonna be bored as shit for the first like 45, 50 minutes, right? But then that last 30 minutes, I felt like they do a fantastic job from Josh's disappearance to the rolled up bloody shirt up until them going into. And what they did so well was they referenced that ch- the children, child murders, they did, they referenced that in the beginning of the movie. And so. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, "What the fuck happened?" I was like, really out of it. I didn't understand. I thought I didn't like it when I first saw it. When I when I when I talked to some people about it, and they explained to me, "Don't you remember? Hey, child murders. The the murderer said that the witch had told him to do these things, and he wouldn't let the kids. We put one kid in the corner while he killed the other. While he killed the other one, and so then I was like, "Fuck, that's creepy." Because when she walks down, she just sees Mike Michael in the corner. And then she drops down the camera. And so depending on who you are, you could be like, that's fucking dumb. Other people will say that's actually kind of genius. And I kind of I kind of lean towards more lean towards that it's sort of genius. Given the situation that they were that they had, they didn't have a lot of money. So like, you know, that's why I said it's easier not to understand. They were, they were so strapped for money that like the two cameras used were rentals. They gave them back. The the 16 millimeter was sold on eBay after filming for like 10 G's. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was torn. I didn't want to like bash the movie watching it because I really, I just appreciate what it did. It did so much for. They didn't know, like they didn't. They it wasn't like a studio came to these people. Hey, we need you. Here's sixty thousand dollars. You know, we need you to come up with a kick ass fucking movie. Here's the premise, right? It was just some people. I, I don't know if they were they weren't students, but they just had this idea for a film, and they had a vision for it. And they did all the things that we like to see from creators, paying attention to detail, you know, and right. I don't know. It's hard for me to go back. So it's like one of those things where you have to consider all of the outside entities to appreciate the movie. And to me, that's what makes it good. But by itself, it's it's standing alone by itself. It's probably not a good movie. I guess that's the way of saying that. I mean, I, they, they coined the idea for the film back in 93. They were both film students. I think they were, were attending a university in Florida for film at the time when they wrote uh, the, the idea up. It took that many years to, get, to finally get you know, funding and, mm. and backing and, and rights to even have certain music play on the radio during filming. Um, but the, inter- the, the, the audition process was kind of weird. So what they would do with each, with each audition e is they would come in and they would say you've been in prison for like nine years uh we're the parole board go and if the person hesitated for like a second and didn't just go into character like improvising something then they they wouldn't get a call back they'd be like all right thank you bye and then these i think they were almost like it was like six people that were like chosen for like a second kind of audition situation and then they landed on the three actors that are in the film 
Oh, that's it. That's really interesting. I guess it makes yeah. sense because they they had this idea of throwing people into an improv situation. They need them to be able to just boom record themselves and Im- improvise. That's I mean that that makes sense. That that tracks for you. Yeah. For you, what the movie movie itself was? There anything that you didn't like? I don't want to get too. Dude, I think we could tear this film apart if we wanted to. But is there anything that you didn't? Yeah, like? I mean, but like I, I, I'm looking at it from the perspective now yeah. that uh, that it is a, it's it's an older movie and it accomplished what it wanted to accomplish. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't really have anything negative to say. I think it was for what it was. I think it was done well for for what it was at the time that it was filmed and released and what they were trying to do. I think they did an excellent job. Obviously, like I said. It 150 fucking percent does not hold up anymore. Yeah, when we do Retro Sunday Funday, that's always like one of my last questions. Does it hold up today? And I don't I don't think it does because everything else is what sort of propped this movie up, like the hoop, like the lore behind it and the hype behind it yeah. sort of like propped it up, even though it was still for its time kind of fun to watch and, and see. And, and, but it actually got, it, I just, I think for normal people, even during that time, like they shat on that movie because they just didn't understand. But yeah, I didn't yeah. really have a whole a whole lot of dislikes. I just really felt like they went too long with the with the getting lost and f- in fighting. But then again, that might have helped with the payoff at the end. So I don't know. But I felt like I mean, it's, it, it it helped. I mean, the actors got lost for real three times. Yeah. Despite having walkies and GPS co- to help them find their way, like they did get lost a total of three times on film. So, and like I said, one of their interactions with each other is genuine. It's not scripted. They put it in the film because they were like, this argument is so good. They're really lost. Like it's, it's, it's very real. It's not like none of it is, I mean, obviously it's filmed and it's all fake, but the, the some of the expressions during that period uh, of them being lost is genuine because they actually were lost. Wow. I mean, that's what I love about improvise, right? That's why I like, I like things like that. Cause I think it's interesting to, you get the actual like emotion that they're feeling when they're, when they're upset. Right. What? So what for the film, what were some goods, goods, some goodies, Things that I think you I think I think improv was good. I think the interactions between the characters were good. Like it just feels real. Like I said, it's a very believable to me. It's a believable like connotation of people that are young that do not have experience in the woods, just trying to make their movie, trusting too much in uh, uh, trusting too much in their minimal skill uh, navigating through a wooded area. Which I don't know if you're listening how easy it is. Uh, to 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 get lost in the woods, you take ten steps, and that's it. If you don't know where you're going, you could take ten 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 fifteen steps, and you're like, I could just turn around, and you turn around, and everything can look completely different in the woods. The woods, the woods. Realistically, if you don't know what you're doing in the woods, can be a very very scary, very scary place. It's especially easier to wind up going in circles too. I, I exactly. think Buster's show that's easy. So them fighting, like I was thinking in my head, I just I always go back to land nav when I see people in the woods. Like I just think oh, yeah. about land navigation in the army, and I just think about like man, when people they're in that scene, they're like, oh, it's the same tree stump. We just saw. I was like, man, that was me as like a private going through yeah. the field <laughs> trying to find my points. Yeah. Like it's fun. It's funny in the beginning of the film where they're arguing about being lost. Like when the idea of them being lost first comes up, and he's like, where did we start? 
And she's like, oh, we started off the map, but I knew where we were going. I was like, you idiot. Obviously, I say that knowing what I know now yeah. about navigating if, if in the never, woods. you've never read a map in your entire life before, like you wouldn't even understand terrain association, right? Or yeah, like, terrain yeah. association. Yeah, what, those li- what do those wiggly lines mean? Like, what, what yeah, does that exactly. mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yep. I didn't know. Did you look at the map? I was kind of curious. I knew all I was thinking about it, but I didn't look. Were there grid grid lines on there? They didn't have grid lines, but they did have contour lines. Yes. So yes. they could they could terrain associate. That's what I was thinking uh, through that throughout use by using the map. I can't but, think about like what would I do, and I think my immediately I immediately thought about terrain association. We're, yeah, we're probably losing terrain association. Right <laughs> if you have a map, terrain association can save your fucking life. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, terrain association is is orientating yourself to physical mar- physical things on a, that are there that are line up with the map. So like a ravine, a river, you know, that's what you're associating with that, you know, like contour right. lines, I guess could count as that. Cause you know, okay, here's a hill. Cause this con the contour lines here say is a hill here and there's another hill here. Okay. And then there's a lake in the middle and then you look at the map and it lines up. That's right. That's, that's terrain association. Yeah. You can say, okay, I'm right. I'm right here facing that lake and facing. So this is where I'm at on the map. And so that's what right. we're sort of talking about terrain association. So we, yeah, I don't want to lose all the non intersection and resection, all this crazy stuff. There's a lot of skill sets that come in, into play when, yeah. when you know more actually, uh, you know way more about that stuff because I didn't really ever have, I just did land nav like twice a year. So, Oh, be, being better. in the woods is my whole job. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were doing, you, you did night land nav and I think you told the story about when you ripped your pants, you still found all your points at night land nav. So like, yeah, I could, I found, I, was, I found all my points with a blown out crotch. <laughs> I could never do night land nav. I just, I, I would be terrible at it. I just could, I, I could never do it. Land nav was never my thing. I could do it during the day. Okay. Like that's yeah. fine. Anyways, <laughs> we just went off a whole tangent so so everyone that aren't that weren't in the military that's what land nav is but it, so for me the, i think the good is i think the end i think the last 30 minutes of that movie really like fucking hammers home the horror or creepiness to me like the way because all that stuff in the beginning like you have to have that right you have to have like it makes me think about just general things in life in order to be good at something you have to put in the work take the time no one wants to do that stuff right to get that payoff at the end but that's what the first like 50 minutes does 40 minutes does is that you have to have that to have that ending and so it's yeah. sort of like where i complain about some of the parts of that but that boring shit them infighting and them getting lost it just builds up to that ending and i really just enjoyed it like the finding seeing josh's weird ass fucking like bloody sack and the hair in there was really really creepy up until the point of them getting into that house and all i kept could keep thinking though watching now was like don't go in that house don't go no i would not go in that house yeah yeah <laughs> i don't care who's screaming i don't care who it is i'm not going in yeah there. it's just and it's also discomforting how like on cue or like on it mike is when he hears you know josh's calls for help and he just leaves heather in the dark with and Dude. she's screaming and it's funny i think it was masterfully done i really like this actually so the camera that mike is toting around the color camera has a microphone but the 16 millimeter that heather's walking around with does not so i loved how they paired the two bits of footage together to represent his movement and her movement independent of each other happening at the same time but you hear her screaming on his camera and she's in a completely different part of the house 
and you really feel like she's in a real panic. Actually, during those final film sequences, um, so those final film sequences in the house, obviously they get their lines, they get the situation for the day. There's no production team telling them like, oh, this is whatever. So all, you know, Mike gets told is like, you're going to hear some sounds. You're looking for Josh. He's going the basement, right? And then Heather has no idea that he's supposed to separate himself. And mind you, they're both under the impression that the Blair Witch is very real. And so who's not, to say not that at that, that, that point? Because, right, because. Do they really think Josh had disappeared? That was the thing we were I, talking about. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. Okay. But I, I just like want to clarify think, that. I'd we like don't... to think that it lends okay, to their that's... genuine responses. I just want to clarify that because we don't know for sure if that was what was going on in that scene when they were filming it, right? I think. Right. I think if that's true, that's a really that'd be really fucking interesting. But I just want to put out there that we don't have information confirming that they were filming that. I do. I do know that the last few minutes where she's screaming for Mike. Yeah. That whole sequence that Heather was having like a legitimate breakdown, like crying for hours because of how terrified she was. Like that is, that is documented. Like her personal account is documented about the I mean, even still, I think about it, even if still, like let's say they knew, okay, here's the situation you're going to be in. Here's what you're going to do. And you don't know what Mike's going to do, but you, you we're going to, you're alone in the dark in that house. Like I'm not, I don't believe in shit like that. Right. I still would be fucking creeped out. Even if I knew I was being filmed and like, you know, this is a movie and I'm doing this. That's still really yeah, fucking creepy, 100%, right? Yeah. You're being you know? there's handprints of little kids on the walls oh, and weird dude, writing. That was so good. That was yeah. I forgot. I'm glad you mentioned that. I remember seeing that I had forgotten. I was like, that's really good. That's a nice touch. That was really creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had like other languages written on the walls, like with words we didn't understand. And so like I don't know. I just thought it was I thought it was done done. I thought the last scene was done very yes. well. It definitely solidified yes. like the whole like and like you said, even if they knew it was staged, it's still just the two of them well, that's in, the they middle, have... in the middle of the fucking night in a dark, dilapidated fucking building. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could still be creepy. Being in that situation is still scary, even though it's not real and you're acting. But if it's just, man, if it's just you, if it's just you and me and all of a sudden you stop talking to me and I'm trying to find you and we're in this, like... I'd be fucking scared. I just would be, you know. Just, like, I just leave you. I just right. fucking dust you. Right. And then you finally find me and I'm in a corner. Oh God. It just creeps me out thinking about it. I got chills. I actually were rewatching that scene. I got a little bit I got chills, man. Even it's because Heather screams, man. I, it yes. fucks you up. Yes. <laughs> yes. I I remember watching this movie today. I watched it before we got in this podcast. I watched it through three or four hours ago. I got chills. I was like, kind of like creeped. I was like, man, that's creepy. Like, ugh. Like, and it's just. Yeah, but like, but your girlfriend is like, meh. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't like horror. She does not like horror at all, right? She won't watch oh, horror. Oh, okay. And she, and she still was like, nah, like, this was dumb. <laughs> like, it didn't bother her at all. So, but right. may, maybe we're just like, well, okay, so we have different appreciation for it. But I thought, yeah, does it stand a test of time? No. But knowing no. all the things that we do know, I still found enjoyment in this film, like up until the end. I still think the first 45 minutes was kind of hard to slog through, but the ending, you can't have that ending without that slog, though. And Yeah, 100%. But, yeah. Uh, all right, that's all I had for the, the film film portion. Was there anything from the movie itself that stood out that you wanted to talk about? Um, Not really. I, I mean, I think we've covered everything about the film. I know that, like... 
there the subsequent sequel the blair witch project 2 or whatever which had no affiliation with the original films directors it was just a cash grab uh that movie is absolute trash which one uh, the, the one not there's two two sequels that came out the one yeah like, the, the actual sequel like two okay not the that's not the one that's supposed to be that. that's so actually the, the only thing that was like whoa and very inventive creatively from like a horror perspective is at the end of the film um they have it i think you could only do this on vhs uh was if you had the tape at the end of the film they would show something and letters would play in the bottom corner mm-hmm. and then if you rewound the tape and copied the letters it would spell certain words and then if you rewatched the movie and associated those words with what's going on on screen like faces would appear that if you weren't to, if you weren't privy to it prior you didn't even know existed so like faces would show up in shadows and 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 shit like that like stuff that like i said if you didn't see that part of the tape you were not seeing them cuz they were so well hidden i did like that about the sequel but the story itself the physical story itself is fucking buns so it's been a long time since i saw that movie but i remember liking because there was like a twist at the end where everything all the video stuff that he had was uh fake right or not fake it had changed right because they had all sorts of cameras set up and i remember in that film everything had changed and he wound up killing everybody i think spoilers alert for blair witch 2 he winds up killing everybody but he doesn't remember it that way so it was like the witch manipulating him and everything else and like i thought it was Again, this is a long time ago, and I and then, then I, I liked a, it. I thought, I mean, yeah, they dropped a third movie, which I yeah. did see. I've only seen the one time, which literally ends with them going back to the house and getting transported back in time to that moment where Mike is standing in the corner, and they literally watch Heather like get murdered or whatever. Oh, they I don't actually know if, show I don't it. Know, I don't know if that's your I'm recollection. Gonna, I don't know if they show it, it. Show it. I, I don't know if they show it. it. Show it. So, but it's impl- it's implied. I never. The, I, the third I, the third film is also ass, but it's cool like that <laughs> that throwback to the original. So I didn't even know that they had released one in 2016, a sequel. And I thought the yeah. press. I saw the press. I just watched the trailer like today, and I was like, "Oh, that actually looks pretty cool." And you're like, "No, that movie's." bunk don't watch it i was like what yeah yeah it's not good it's again it all boils down to those last minutes where those last minutes of the film where you're literally like oh shit like you literally like you're like whoa so that actually ties into an interest they actually got that from a fan theory that the reason why they kept getting lost is because they were in like a time loop or something and they kept like coming back to the same that 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 tree stump was actually the same time that they were at when they saw it the first time right and so like I guess something like that. They had like a weird time loop theory with it. They had a bunch of interesting theories about like right. um, how the person that killed them at the end was actually the serial killer. Like there was actually a serial killer that killed the kids that was there. Uh, some say it was the witch. Some say it was Josh who killed them. I thought there were some interesting right. theories at the, at the end there. But I, I kind of wanted. So we, we were talking about these extra movies. I think what made what's so special about this movie, which you've already mentioned is it basically began a whole new genre of found film footages footage movies and i love those movies i really liked i mean i don't think they're the best films ever but i really enjoy them so like paranormal activity one two so fun fact about paranormal paranormal activity one 
I saw that when I was before I was leaving for basic training in the hotel. And so every time the demon would do something, you heard this loud, like reverberating noise, like bassy noise. Yeah. And I was at the like airport. His presence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the airport. And every time a plane would fly overhead, it sounded just like that. And I got, I could not sleep, dude. It was like creeping me the fuck out. That movie creeped me out so hard. But I, re- I really liked Par- Paranormal Activity 1 and 2. I didn't see any beyond that. I really liked Cloverfield. I really enjoyed I've, that. I've seen, I've seen every Paranormal Activity. They all, they all, I don't think all of them hold up because they try to do like time yeah. jumping and, and oh. like they do like, uh, but like not like in the thing, like in the physical, like, this movie takes place at the same time that this movie takes place. And this chick is, she, she died in the film, but her character's still alive and all this convoluted stuff. And then a fucking, there's a, a big, a, a large scale actor that is in one of the films that, uh, well, whatever. Um, they just, they, they try to maintain a lot of continuity and each one is to me, like, it's very easy to dissect because you're like, nobody fucking, has this many cameras, at least not nowadays. Yeah, I, I guess so. I think what I liked about the two was how they actually, at least one and two, how they tied into each other. Like, I really liked that, how they tied them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Like one, and they, two are, one and two, are, yeah. I think, are pretty good. I really enjoyed those. There was actually one that was a lesser-known film that I, you might like it, because it's got SCP vibes. It's called The Atticus Institute. I have so, not seen that. So... It's it's about this one woman who's really f- weird, right? It's a found footage film, right? And it's about this really weird woman who winds up having like being possessed by something, and they do all these experiments on her, and they record all this stuff. It's very SCP ish, and it's I thought it was really good. I really it's it's horror and creepy, and it's called the yeah. Atticus Attica Institute. And so it's another found footage film that I really enjoyed and appreciated for what it was. Uh, uh, yeah, one one movie that I really like that's part of the same genre is uh, The Taking of Deborah Logan. I never saw that one. I don't like exorcism that, movies. That's though. that's it's not really it's Dude, not really a it's, it's not really a possession. I mean, I guess it kind of is, but it's like it doesn't. It leads up. It has a lot of buildup because it's the same thing. It's kids making a documentary about. I think it's Alzheimer's, and hmm. it ends up not being Alzheimer's at all. There's actually like a demon that's possessing an old woman, like a very, very older, frail woman. And at some point, you know, this woman, they show it. This woman is like unhinging her jaw, trying to swallow a, ch- a child. Ooh, that's creepy. And it's, it's, and they did it really good. Like it's very, it's not very clear. Uh-huh. They show it, but it's not like the clearest picture or the, the most well lit, but you definitely know what the fuck's going on. And you're like, Oh fuck. Cause it's like nothing like it happens. The whole movie, you know, Man, yeah, that I get, I get creeped. I don't like horror movies so much anymore. I don't know why stuff like that. I don't know. It's weird. Like as a young, when I was a kid, teenager in my twenties, I used maze because I don't watch them anymore. And now, like, they have, yeah. Like, I mean, horror, horror movies are hard to 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 emulate, especially like trying to be original because of like, oh, they they have these stereotypes, and oh, when she closes her medicine cabinet, the bad guy's gonna be standing in the mirror. Like, but now the standard is like always throw them off and make them think they're gonna be in the mirror. Like that's all. That's the new standard, <laughs> is to play off of the old standard. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're coming to a head here. And uh, unless I missed anything, do you want to wrap this up and give our final thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So okay, before 
let's say before that, I want to just list. So my favorite, I would say, I already think I mentioned him, but I just want to say, if you liked the Blair Witch or you like found footage films, I would recommend Paranormal Activity 1 and 2, Cloverfield, and the lesser known, The Atticus Institute. Fucking creepy ass movie. I highly recommend it. Josh, I want you to watch and I would like to talk to you about it because it was a really yeah, creepy absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Let's, let's do it. So, but let's wrap it up. I, 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 you... I love SCP too, so I'll, I'll definitely be like... In... I do. It's, it's governmental experiments on a woman possessed, right? Nice. And, and so that to me screams SCP to me. So whatever. And they're in underground in like a bunker. So like whatever. Anyways... All right, let's wrap up off. Let's wrap up our final thoughts, and then we'll close it out. I'll let you go, per the usual. Oh, you wanted me to go. All right, so cut. <laughs> I was like, you okay. froze. You froze on screen. I oh, thought I lost so sorry. you for You're a like, minute. I was like, we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think I th- like I said. I don't think the film holds up, but I do love the creativity that it took. I mean, it took what like six, seven years to make the film in the sense that. Like they coined the idea in 93, 94 mm. timeframe, and it took so long to make it come to fruition. Like, and even the film is supposed to take place in 93. It doesn't take place in 99 when it's released. So even trying to emulate um, those things on film must have, you know, taken a tremendous amount of effort and then continuity and, 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 and authenticity because it feels authentic. It just, it's just, the movie's just bad, but it f- does feel authentic. <laughs> Even when you watch it now, you're like, yeah, I can totally understand why somebody who is not well-versed in sleuthing or the idea, like I said, it's one of the f- first films of its kind, and it took the world by storm. It's tremendously successful financially, you know, and uh, unfortunately it led to some of the actors like suffering, like uh, uh, Mike never, I don't think he ever acted in a film again. Um, Josh Leonard has been in quite a few films and shows since then. And then Heather Donahue, she doesn't act anymore. She kept getting fucking, uh, like nasty, uh, correspondence from fans. And after they found out that she wasn't really dead and that she lied to everybody, like she got some pretty violent, some pretty fucked up stuff. Um, she kept getting typecasted and, uh, she didn't want that. But, you know, it's, some, it's one of those things, like, you make one movie, and that's it. Your career could be over. You don't know. You might have a good idea. Next thing you know, everybody associates you with, you know, like, uh, Hayden Christensen. Everybody's like, you're... Tries to be in another movie, and they're like, nope, you're in a Skywalker forever. You know, uh... uh hey, I like Jumper. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I but like, like I said, like, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't get the same work anymore as, as he would have if he hadn't done Star Wars, because it's such a niche franchise that it's like it's difficult and uh uh and then also so now she just i think she works at like a medical marijuana or something like that Mm. um but so she's doing well but uh you know i I just can lend and understand and appreciate the film's makers uh, attempt at to try to make the most authentic work that they could and a lot of the film is genuine not in the sense that the Blair Witch is real, but that the actors' interactions with each other are genuine because none of the other were supposed to know what that character's objective was for the day of shooting. So I just, 
I just think I think it's a good movie. Uh, I just like I said, it doesn't stand the test of time because people right now we're all cynics. <laughs> Everybody's cynical as fuck now, so they get they had, you got to push the the those uh, those borders of of trying to scare somebody those 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 limits all the time. But for the time, nothing like it had been seen. You know, it really it really established uh, a genre. It established a standard that other people have met and exceeded. But you know, the Blair Witch Project uh, it's 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 a magical film. It did something that nobody had done. Yeah, I think that's well said. I, I think we've already so we already said it. Probably doesn't really stand the test of time as proven by our significant others, but. I think you said a word that I liked in this creativity. I think the amount of effort they put in to this movie and the creative creativity, not just between how they filmed it, but towards the marketing aspect of it is really interesting to me. And I still think, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to like explain, but I still think the movie is creepy. I still think yeah. if you sat down and watched this movie and gave it like a chance, like not just, I mean, and openly watched it and paid full attention to it, put your phone down, watch this movie in the dark, right? I At night, I think it would be creepy for most people. I think it's still like that ending is just really creepy. Like you, like you said, the, and, and with the the walls and the kids and the kids laughing and then the, the, the handprints on, on the walls in that house and the screaming and Heather screaming, it's just... It was just really kind of fun to go back and watch this film again and think about and research about like what happened towards with filming and with how they did it. So creativity is something that really is a word that I really like with with this film. And they had some really, they did some really fantastic work with, with this movie. Now, since this time, fortunately, it doesn't really, really do that. But for me, it opened a whole new genre of films that I think is even more impressive. Like they're the like, there has been other I think like found footage films, but none none of them none of them hit the map the way Blair Witch did. Like Blair Witch just changed that landscape forever. And I felt like man, I kept thinking, imagine if Blair Witch came out a little bit later, where they could have altered some of the footage with actual like some special effects or some CGI not a whole lot just I think if they could have just implemented a little bit more things it could have made the movie that much more scary but as it stands alone I think it's a pretty damn good horror film even going back and watching it now it's just in general but I appreciate everything else that they did that's what made this movie so great made this movie so great or so much fun to like look back on is all the other things that went into this film not just the making of it yeah i i can completely agree with you so but hey all right good yeah sorry april came in hi april she's she's gone she came in and she was like oh fuck i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) um all right so I'm glad we got our Metal Gear Metal Gear reference in. Thank you for that, Josh. You yes, this time. every time we got yes, <laughs> massively <laughs> inserted. <laughs> but so this is going to be week one. We are doing eight weeks of horror every Sunday. We're going to record a horror episode, a horror themed episode leading up into Halloween because it is September fourth right now at the recording. So this is what we recorded, and we're going to do an episode 
every week up until Halloween. We should. That's our goal. And so we start off with Blair Witch. We, I think we're going to do maybe Resident Evil the game. We, we're talking. We don't have a list yet. But that being said, I had But it a, is going to happen. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. But anyways, I had a lot of fun going back and revisiting Blair Witch. It was really cool. It was actually a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to discuss this with you. And yeah, yeah I don't have anything else, man. So thank you, Josh. Absolutely. That being said, check us out on all the descriptions. Look at the description. You can find our links on there. Absolutely. Listen, Listen to our, our other episodes because they're all good. <laughs> they're all excellent. They're all the best. Yes. And also, don't be shitty. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.